Hi, I'm Hillary. Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Lark. We all work together here at the National Women's Law Center. Welcome to Hearsay, where we deep dive into cultural moments that live rent-free in our heads and probably yours too. Um, Today, we're talking about one of our favorite topics, reality TV. I feel like it's a genre of TV that people love to say they hate, but we all know we actually really love it. And I feel like those of us who love it often feel like we have to defend it or like back it up by calling it a guilty pleasure or trash TV. But I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, it always needs to be talked about because at the end of the day, it really is more of a reflection of real life than we think or maybe are like willing to admit. (laughs) Um, But I have no shame. I watch so many shows. I'm constantly watching reality TV. I love it. It gives me life. But I want to know what are your guys' favorite reality TV shows? I'm definitely more of like a like of a romance TV Um, show person versus like a competition reality TV show or just people watching what people are doing. So I had a really weird phase in my life where I was obsessed with Temptation Island. Classic. Um, Just started Love is Blind season five this week. (laughs) They're up to Um, five? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Already. (laughs) Yeah, already. They're they're turning out like two a year and that's just in the U.S. Um, The Ultimatum... Original and Queer Love, mm-hmm. some of the best TV I've ever seen. And then I also watched Flavor of Love for the first time a few months ago. And that is a cultural moment. It that was. Is, <laughs> and the amount should watch that. of cultural references and like pictures and gifts that I've seen on the internet growing up that I had no idea were from that show until Just I watched it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. So this won't come as a surprise to either of you, but I like the competition reality shows. Yeah. Not, no, no, I'm not competitive. I just enjoy a good game. So I have watched, um, the amazing race survivor, which is a little bit of a spoiler for a really long time. Um, I love a good, great British bake off. See, it doesn't have British bake off. I feel like that is a, it's just cozy. Nice. Yeah. You feel good. Stressful for, I bake a lot and it's actually very stressful for me because, um, I take it all really seriously for them. But uh, yeah, I like the shows where there are winners and losers. <laughs> and I can argue about who should have won or lost. I feel like I like them all. I mean, I'm a big Real Housewives girly. I love everything on TLC, like 90 Day, Sister Wives. I've watched Sister Wives from the beginning. They're on season 18. <laughs> He's lost all the wives except one. I feel like those are really good. I'm like a reformed former Bachelor Nation watcher. I don't need to see 19-year-olds, like, say they're going to be in love just to become influencers. So, yeah, I feel like those are the ones I watch. I mean, I use them a lot as, like, escapism, but I feel like so much of what we see in those shows is exactly what we do for work and see every day. And so it's not even— It's not always the escape. No, it's like you see all these things that you're like, wow, that's actually bad and not funny and— I wish I didn't watch that. Like watching Say Yes to the Dress and seeing the mother-daughter relationships. In real life. Oh my just god! Like, oh my gosh! Um, I was just here for the dresses, <laughs> and now I want to call my mom. Right. right. Um, but that's kind of yeah, definitely. Whether it's like personal experiences or stuff that we see in the news yeah. um, for work. Well, because I mean, yeah, it mirrors everything. Even though it's like fake, it's not reality, but it does mirror everything that's going on in society and in our world. You know, like, it's exactly what's going on, and that's why I think it's so popular and does so well, and people like to watch it. Um, All out of the real world. It's like the the original, right? Yeah. What happens when people stop being nice and start getting real? Oh, my God. I'm dating myself Real world. Real world was so good. I'm surprised I haven't, like, brought that back. 
the point is, it's been on forever. Yeah. Reshaped our media landscape. And we mm-hmm. watch it all the time for fun, to relax, to just it goes down easy, yeah. right? No, no complicated plots to follow, except a lot of times it doesn't. So we today wanted to talk about two specific reality show moments over the last few years that for all of us sort of like hit hard. And, you know, some of us watched as they originally aired and some kind of more recently. But um, it's the, you know, like producers and like the networks love to call them water cooler moments. And for us, it's like this isn't gameplay anymore. This is real. It's life. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than that. So the first one we wanted to talk about was from Survivor. Mm -hmm. The season we want to talk about is 39. I think they're like six seasons past that now. They're like up to 40 something. And that was in like... Like 2019, right? Yeah, the one. so it was the, it was the fall 2019 one. Okay. And so it was called Island of the Idols because they always have those names. And um, <laughs> it was like a pretty good cast at first, including this wonderful, very strategic player named Kelly Kim. And it took a bit into the season, but Kelly started to say she was having issues with another contestant named Dan. And Dan, she said, was inappropriately touching her. And like, if you've watched Survivor, right, like it's not exactly the same as it was in the beginning, but they're still thrown out on an island. Yeah. And, you know, you got to live, you got to eat coconuts and rice, and you got to sleep in a shelter together, and you're really thrown together. So at first, I think it was probably a little confusing for her, like, there's this guy here, but he continued to make her feel uncomfortable. And Survivor still has tribes and all this stuff. And even just, like, talking about it out loud is so ridiculous. (laughs) That was something I noticed I didn't, like, I told you I watched, my parents watched, like, originally, like, Mm -hmm. whatever, season three. I am glad they get to wear a few more clothes now. Yeah. I didn't know that had changed. And I guess that's why they had to make naked and afraid. Yeah. Right? yeah. Right. 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 To build, go the other way. Need more nudity. <laughs> we got you. We got you 100%. <laughs> God, naked and afraid. That's another one. So back to Kelly. Right. So, right. She was really uncomfortable with another contestant. So the show kind of broke the fourth wall, which it doesn't always do, and like showed Kelly talking to a producer saying, like, I don't know what to do. But Within Survivor, there, you know, like the thing that happens over and over again is that you don't know if something's part of the game or are these friendships real? Right. Like that's the, the the like crux of the show. Like how do you like coexist with people and make them like you enough to keep you around without being a threat? Like, you know, endless psychological whatever. Mm-hmm. But so Kelly didn't know how to handle it, you know, when she was being harassed and it was like pretty Literally. textbook harassment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But didn't know what to do because she didn't want it to blow up her game. Mm-hmm. And so there was an opportunity where she got to talk to other players when they merge. And so immediately she starts talking to some other contestants, women on the show, who had the same experience with the same contestant. Shocker. His name's yeah. Dan. But she ends up telling people and they use it against her and she gets voted out immediately. And watching it, I was like... Hold up. This is life, right? Like, this is what we work on. This is what happens when someone— Every time. And, and Kelly even said it herself. She's like, there are always consequences for standing up. When mm-hmm. she decided she didn't want to, like, say mm-hmm. anything or have their producers intervene, she didn't want it to happen. But even talking to other contestants backfired on her. And I remember coming into work, and I was like, does anyone watch Survivor? And the word Survivor at the National Women's Law Center means something very different. You know, like, yeah. everyone's Talk like— about— you know, entendre, like, yeah. like which survivor? Right. Yeah, survivor. Is that a case? Yeah. Um, so Kelly gets voted out. Later, the contestant Dan is actually finally kicked off the show by producers for, you know, it's like four episodes later, right. which in, translates to like 12 days later. And it's because he ends up touching a producer. Oh my God. So, like, so that's awful. the, you know, it takes that much. And in the meantime, Kelly, you know, loses out on a million dollars. There were real consequences. Um, and there were also consequences, and we should say this too, for the other women on the show who ended up voting her out. They didn't know the degree to which Kelly was feeling uncomfortable 
And of course, social media being what it is, like everyone just like went after them. And so they, you know, they're playing a game. It was within this context. And it just all these blurred lines, right? Like they're, of what's a reality, what's not, when do you work, when do you not? Like it, mm-hmm. it was shocking. Um, I thought it was shocking to watch. Like my jaw dropped, especially like thinking of being in that situation like Kelly and dealing with that. And I felt like she was so calm and like, yeah, so Obviously, like you said, she's playing the game, right? She has to win and wants to win. But I feel like that was so shocking. You could see all the other women contestants making that same calculus throughout that whole episode. And Janet's, like, explosion of rage, which was, like, so good. But just, like, yeah, Yeah. this is what happens every single time. And it doesn't matter. Like, you're always going to get— kicked off the island. They have a discussion, right, about it later after she's been kicked out. And first, the contestant's like, you know, I have daughters. Like, every cliche about came out, you know, and then do we believe survivors or not? Do we believe women? Do we, like, I couldn't believe the words Me Too appeared uh, on the show in primetime, you know? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, right, the show apologized. And ultimately, I think Survivor learned some things. The show learned some things, but yeah. it wasn't fast. And, no. and it was at an expense. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. So we wanted to compare that with something that happened even more recently on a show called Below Deck, which is a popular show in the ever-expansive Bravo universe. Um, in this specific instance, we're talking about an episode from Below Deck Down Under that aired in summer of 2023. I have watched Below Deck Mediterranean for a while. It's like my parents' favorite Saturday morning reality show. But I never watched Down Under. But essentially, Below Deck is like the crew of these chartered yachts. So there's like the crew that makes sure the boat runs and gets docked and stuff like that. And then there's the people that work inside the ship that do everything from folding the charter guest laundry to making the drinks. There's a chef. But a big part of the show is kind of the closeness physically within the bunks and the ship. Mm -hmm. And then there's a huge, like, I guess, party atmosphere. They have what they call turnover day, which is when one charter leaves and before the next one comes, they usually have a night in a pretty cool destination, right? You're out on this yacht somewhere cool. And that always ends up with some raucous partying, right? You've been working nonstop. It's 24-7 service work. um, And they always get a little little drunk. A little rowdy. Yeah, Yeah, a little rowdy. They're like notorious for all hooking up with each other and like it's crazy but it's so entertaining to watch but on this down under episode there was kind of like a double plot I would say there was like the main plot with Margot and Luke so they go out Margot is really inebriated like eyes are not open can barely walk and a good friend of Margot comes and is like, Margot, you're going right to bed. Luke had been trying to get at her like all season in this whole episode. And she puts her to bed, like goes out to get something and comes back. And Luke is trying to assault Margot. And immediately the producers jump in, which I felt like was so different from Survivor. Right. Like immediately while they're filming, the producers are like, stop, Luke, get out. Like You're not supposed on to be the there. Door. Yeah, yeah. Like physically pulling right. him out of there. That was like jarring to watch as well. But I felt like it was such a stark difference from the producers and Survivor being like, if you need help, like Yeah, what would you like if you do you want us to do something? Right. It's like just do something. And so obviously the friend is super torn up. She goes to the captain. 
and is like, this is not good. He tried to do this. And he was like, okay, he's off first thing in the morning. And so that's what he does. He kicks him off the first thing in the morning. They have a whole he meeting. He kicks him off immediately after. Oh, yeah, immediately. Yeah. Um, he, that he couldn't even stand in the middle of the night. Yeah. And he couldn't even like, comprehend what was stuck, happening. There's like, you can, we can talk in the morning, but like you need to go yeah. stay in a hotel tonight. Yeah. Which, swift. But then while that's kind of happening, we have the hot tub scene with Laura and Adam. And Laura has been trying to come on to Adam this whole time. And everyone is like... Read the room, Laura. Like, he's, he's not, not into, into it. You. He's like physically moving himself around the hot tub. He's like telling yeah. his roommate he's going to bed. She goes into bed with him and is like, get out. And then she starts like defending Luke from the Marco situation and was like rolling her eyes and saying he shouldn't have gotten kicked off. And she's then like crying. Yeah. Because he got kicked off. She's like, we didn't get to say goodbye. And everyone Girl. in the room was looking at her like... Yeah. She could not read the boat. No. <laughs> no. She could not read, read the boat. Read the cabin. And they said, you can go too. You can go with him. So... Yeah. I'd never nice watched Survivor or Below Deck. Yeah. And Survivor already was seeming very intense and Below yeah. Deck was giving like Jersey Shore like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, Jersey Shore at sea. So for having these like even intense even more intense moments was like, oh, dang, like, this is, yeah. it's loaded. I grew up in, like, a, or we all did, in the era of, like, live tweeting. Yeah. Um, so I love live texting, mm-hmm. live note-taking, and I think that's, like, the best way to capture the essence. So, like, the notes that I took <laughs> had a lot of cu- curse words, lots of caps, yeah. like, strands of question, question marks mark, question and mark, exclamation mark, yep. points. <laughs> like, I was just like, what actually is, and I was watching, because I was watching it by myself, and I was like, this is insane wild and i think what really i don't know gagged me how laura was just so textbook like almost pick me yeah like going back to what we were how we were introing it and talking about like reality tv isn't real Mm -hmm. and it was like to what degree is she really being herself and to what degree is it's like just so like such a character right because like it was just so everything she said right and that's from, the character you're gonna pick yeah from <laughs> defending Luke to also being a sexual harasser assailant yeah. herself was like insane and then so it was like can I get a warning it's like no you're an adult right. yeah. <laughs> you she signed didn't a know contract that. No. Like, she didn't know she was an adult either yeah I mean and that's, and the, that's the thing on these shows do you are you a contestant? Are you right. an actor? Are you an employee? Like, who are you on that show? And, right. you know, they're hired, right? But, like, who are they hired by? Yeah. Well, and I feel the- like Below Deck, especially there, it is a job that they're doing, you know, and mm-hmm. then also they're being contracted or hired by the network as well. They yeah. are doing the real job. Of it's not even like other reality TV where, like, on Jersey Shore, they were working at the Shore store for like, Five minutes for like the whole Mass. hour for a forty-five minute episode, <laughs> yeah. and then the rest of the time it's like house drama, right. partying, any sort of reality TV show where they're like working another job. It's like their side quest, yeah, and like the main quest <laughs> literally is, is hooking drama, drama. Making drama. Yeah. Yeah. versus below deck. It's like they were working. The it was like yeah. we have our meeting to talk about the day, but right. we will also be talking about how Luke has been fired. Yeah. And then kind of going also into what you were talking about, Hillary, with, like, the producers on Survivor being like, oh, yeah, like, I have a sister. Like, mm. yeah. I roll. And they, the dudes on Below Deck were all like, yeah, he needs to go. Like, mm-hmm. we need to go. But there was one of them that was like, yeah, like, I have sisters. I have a mom. And it's like, okay, you don't need to say that. You, yeah. just say you that. can't help it. But he yeah. was also like, Luke sucks. Right. Like, yeah. he needs to go. Right. Yeah, I period. think it says, like, just think of my sisters. I would hate for her to be around. Yeah, and like it's that. like, how come you can't just be, like, another person got assaulted? Like, you right. don't need to put yourself in the situation. Quantify it. They yeah. just cannot. And you also are in the situation. This is one of your colleagues. Right. You can just right. say, like, I feel really, like, upset about this. Right. Like, I hope she gets better. 
there are lots of layers to how it was perceived and like how it's in so much of the work that we do. Yeah. And I do feel like the media, I mean, I guess I was less aware of the initial media around the Survivor episode, but I know Below Deck, like, so many of the crew, like, posted stuff on Instagram, were so supportive. Everyone was like, that's the kind of friend I want to have, the friend that's right there, you know, taking it to the boss and stuff like that. And a lot of, I think mostly women crew members have said, like, what we've been saying, this is far too common. It happens all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I would hope someone would do that for me, but it shouldn't even happen in the first place. It struck me that, like, even in one episode, you could see who had authority and who didn't. Yep. And like, there's like a real clear hierarchy and you know who to go to, who to report, right? Mm-hmm. Survivor, if the producer is like looking at you and is like, should I do anything? You want me to do something? Right. And the contestant doesn't know. They don't have power. That's the whole point. Right. And apparently, you know, Survivor kind of covered itself at first to say like, oh, well, we pulled every contestant aside and we told them like, reminder, don't harass people. Mm-hmm. And they pulled Dan aside and said, reminder, don't harass people. And nobody got it. Half the contestants said they didn't even know that they were talking about Dan. Like they no, didn't connect it. Even when they talked to him on camera, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm like a comfortable, touchy-feely guy, but like yeah. no one, I've worked with women all the time and right. I've never, bro. Of course he wouldn't see it that way. Right. And at yeah. that point, everyone, every woman on the island had said, yeah, he's Basically. made me feel uncomfortable. Everyone except the once. older woman, which yeah. is like pretty telling. Too. Pretty telling. They also have footage of Dan grabbing someone's leg and Dan like grabbing someone's arm. Dan touching Kelly's hair and her like running away from him. And in the shot, you can see the other. And it's like they didn't use any of this at first because they didn't, you know, film it cleanly. But it was right. all there. They knew, right? Which I think that goes into like the influence and impact of reality TV that we don't necessarily take in a lot. Like we said, it's a yeah. mirror, and we said you know, in some ways it's aspirational or escapism. But if we're watching that and seeing how this is handled and seeing how people are treated because of that, you know, that's going to have a cultural impact on you, you know, and it's going to continue in how we react and do we hold shows accountable? Do we hold networks accountable? Do we hold producers accountable? And the people in our lives. Right. Yeah. To me, it's very, like, notable that— both shows knew that the second these episodes aired, in whatever cut of them they made and whatever they chose to show or not, regardless, it was clear what had happened was yeah. wrong and that they they knew that they were culpable in some way, that they had to do something about it. And, you know, we're managing toward reputation, which is like pretty normal for any employer, any company, any mm-hmm. anything in the world. Obviously, we could talk about this all day, but I feel like we need to bring in our good friend and former colleague, Hannah Finney. She is awesome. She's the perfect person for this as a reality TV connoisseur herself. But unlike us, she went to law school and there she studied the treatment of employees and participants on reality TV shows. Can you believe it? I it's That just, person exists and we know her. And it's so cool. <laughs> She's like the reality TV, I don't know, that's like yeah. the only thing that would make me... Consider more How many school. reality TV shows has Hannah made you watch a that you've never watched before? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. The way she talks about them, it's like, yeah. wow, maybe this is the best thing ever. So, yeah, we've obviously got questions for her. She watched both the episodes as well. Awesome. <laughs> like, for me, it's like, how can we change this? Mm-hmm. What can be different? Both, you know, sexual harassment at work, but also at work when your workplace is a reality show. Yeah, yeah when the lines are blurred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when they shouldn't be. Right. Because you are an employee and you're doing this for money. Yeah. And you should not have to worry about your safety. Well, Hannah, we can't wait to chat with you. Hi, Hannah. 
Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? For people that do not have the pleasure of knowing you, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your work. I am a reality TV fanatic. Amen. Um, Yes, thank you. Um, And so specifically, I have done a weird amount of research (laughs) into (laughs) the employment rights of reality TV stars. I would say the right amount. Yeah. I think I've always been interested in workers' rights. And then I went to law school and focused on employment and labor law. And then I was like, how am I going to make law school more fun? And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to make it all about reality TV. And that's what everyone should do. And that's why I'm here. And that's (laughs) the only reason I graduated. Thank you. And we're glad of it. You literally, we're, that's how we were with this episode too. We're like, what do we love to talk about? Reality TV. Who would talk about that with us? Hannah. We're talking about the Survivor episode and the Blow Deck episode that dealt with some truly heinous disaster situations handled super differently. What were your initial thoughts watching them. Okay, I had never seen Below Deck before this. So there was like, oh, that's how yachts work? Like, (laughs) okay, I didn't realize that these people had so much off time. Like, you're just chilling on the boat. That's great. Let's see. I think that honestly, the main thing that struck me right away was like on Below Deck, it was clear that in one way, the people were considered workers. Mm -hmm. And on Survivor, there were no ways in which the people were considered workers. Mm -hmm. To me, they are workers just by like appearing on the show. And also, therefore, on Below Deck, they're workers in two senses. But you could, in my opinion, really see how one was being treated as, like, a workplace sexual harassment issue and one was being treated as, like, a sexual harassment issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what stood out. I know. Because I was going to bring that up. You call what most people, I think, call participants for reality TV shows. You call them performers. Yeah. And I thought a lot about this term for a while. I think the reason performer is a good term is because it does show that there is, like, effort put into it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you are performing. Like, sure, anyone can go on reality TV, but not everyone can be good at going on reality TV and, like, generate interest and Mm -hmm. enthusiasm and engagement. And so I think adding the word performer in there does a good job of kind of getting at that. I think the other reason I like that instead of reality TV star is because, especially for the class of workers that, like, I focused Mm -hmm. my paper on, I'm less concerned about, like, Kim Kardashian, who is a reality TV star, and I do think that going on the show is work, but she's also an executive producer on her show. And so, like, she has enough power to kind of overcome all of the terrible working conditions that most of the industry faces. Mm -hmm. So I'm more interested in kind of the less known, less powerful person who goes on a reality show. Yeah. And I think that's such a big power differential to talk about, especially these two instances, but just in reality TV as a whole. Like a lot of your work has talked about like the misclassification. There's a reason contracts for reality TV shows are set up the way they are. There's a reason they're not protected in certain ways. Like I feel like we saw that go two very different ways, but (laughs) I don't know what, I mean, we can't see what the contracts looked like for both of those, but like, I'm wondering if you could talk a little more about how that misclassification is purposeful and opens up for no one to be protected, really. Yeah. Okay. So as part of like the initial research I did on whether or not people who appear on reality shows should be considered employees, which, spoiler alert, I think they should be. Mm -hmm. Um, I managed to track down and, like, talk to, I would say, D-level reality people, Mm -hmm. uh, reality TV performers. And a lot of them were willing to share their contracts with me just, like, 
as long as I didn't share them. And honestly, mm-hmm. these contracts are insane. I'm sure. They literally like, are like, let me describe torture to you. Yeah. And then you just sign off that you're okay yeah. with it. And like, here's a thousand bucks. <laughs> yes, Good luck. Yes, if that. Yeah. If that. Um, so I started, like, that was kind of where I started. And it would literally be like, you are waiving your human right to privacy. That's... And I'm like, are you signing, like, basically that you're giving up your, like, UN, like, Geneva right. Convention rights? Like, this is insane. To go on The Bachelor. Right. right. Um, <laughs> like... For, like, at this point, like, little to no gain. But anyway, misclassification, employers are obviously incentivized to misclassify their workers when if you classify them as independent contractors or as quote-unquote participants, mm-hmm. which is, like, even a level lower. Like, I just consider that, like, volunteer. Right. Um, they don't have to pay for your benefits. They don't have to provide all of these things that in the U.S., in our employment and labor law, we restrict to employee-only status. Mm. So, like, I think a lot of people think of, like, all of the, like, movement we've made with Me Too and, like, sexual harassment in the workplace, which is amazing, but people don't realize that Title VII sexual harassment protections are only guaranteed if you are an employee and not if you're an independent contractor. And, like, maybe there's a state law that fixes that and, like, there are other remedies, but, like, that's a really glaring issue. And so by misclassifying all of these workers, basically you get to pay them less, you don't have to treat them as well, and you can make them kind of do whatever you want, and then they have, like, no recourse. So, yeah. Just what you want. Yeah. Uh Yeah, that's that's so disheartening. But obviously that's why they're doing it that way. Like. Well, the other thing that I think is nuts is, like, the reality TV industry is already the genre of television that makes the most money. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, like, they're not paying the people who's— No. Like, you don't have and actors just to making pay, so much money. And they pretend they don't have writers. So they're also, like, not paying writers. And so they also don't have to create sets. Like, just the production costs of creating a reality show are much lower. And a lot of people are watching them. So the profits are huge. But they're still like, no, we're not going to pay these people. Yeah, I mean, you talked about— kind of the progress we've made in the movement, hopefully for the better that we've seen, and no matter how incremental. Do you think the situation specifically with reality TV is getting better? Like, I think about the Survivor episode was, what, 2019, and the Blow Deck episode was 2023. I don't know if that stark difference is because of time. Is it because they're in Australia? Is it because, like you said, it's a clear workplace situation? You Mm -hmm. know, do you think there's hope for it for getting better or based off what you've researched probably not I think one thing that I am hopeful about and energized by is like obviously we're in the midst of somewhat of a workers rights revolution Mm -hmm. in the U.S. we didn't have a great starting point so we we started out with not that many rights so I don't know how high we're going to get but I think overall that is exciting and we saw during the writers and actors strike that people like Bethany Frankel were calling on reality TV stars to unionize. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as people in general become more comfortable and excited by unions, like it used to be like, oh my God, a union. And now like Republican candidates are on the picket line, which like feels right. nuts to me. So do I think it's getting better? I don't know. I think like with the Below Deck episode, I question whether or not the production company would have stepped in. Mm-hmm. Like they they prevented the assault. Mm-hmm. Great. Would they have gotten rid of him? I don't know. Like, I think I kind of attribute how, to the extent that it was handled well, like, I kind of am like the captain was the one who I think handled that pretty well. And then the other interesting thing about it being in Australia is like, 
when I was doing this research, that is the one place in the entire world where I found a case um, stating that people who go on reality shows are employees. Wow. Yeah. It was from a workers' comp perspective Mm -hmm. because that's another thing in the U.S. if you're not— an employee. You don't get mm. workers' comp. You don't get unemployment mm. insurance. You don't get all of these fun okay. things. I know. Um, but in Australia, there was a recent case that was like, actually, yeah, this woman is entitled to workers' comp because she's an employee and she suffered from like bullying and harassment on her reality show. So I am like, maybe things are slightly better in Australia. Yeah. Well, that's what we were wondering because we obviously don't know if any like legal procedure ensued from below deck. We obviously know what happened with Kelly on Survivor because Time's Up Legal Defense Fund helped her find an attorney and provide her with media assistance and everything. And like CBS and Survivor producers promised to make changes Mm -hmm. to prevent harassment in the future and situations like that. We, I guess all we can do is take them at their word, but that's so interesting about the law because that's what we kind of didn't know. That's been my question the whole time. Like, is it because it's in Australia? But if it's already... I I think the other thing that's so annoying about the U.S. on this issue is... All of these contracts are designed for the cases to never get to the courts, right? right? Like forced arbitration agreements Mm -hmm. mean that like when these reality people go on the shows in their contracts, they sign away their right to be Mm -hmm. able to go to court. And instead they are forced to resolve all of their issues through a mediation that is usually like stacked in favor of the production company. They've usually signed an NDA. Mm -hmm. They... Just in pretty much every way, like, there's no way that this case is going to get to the court system. And that means that we don't get the benefit of publicity Mm -hmm. because a lot of arbitration agreements are also secret. And so we don't actually get to see what happens. Yeah, that's so—I know you, like, researched a lot of different people that tried to take cases further, you know, ask, like, cases. And I know The Love is Blind. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a lawsuit, right? Yeah. Yeah, of a contestant on this most recent season— is alleging assault. Um, And I know there was some other, like, I remember, I think it was on Big Brother. I had a couple people that were mutual friends with a contestant that was getting pretty bullied and seemingly for racist reasons. And I remember her friends, like, all on Twitter, Mm -hmm. totally supporting her, really doing that because they probably can. And I don't know. I would love to know, like, what if she was able to say anything to them. And I don't know if she escalated anything at all, but they were just watching as spectators and watching their friend be treated like shit on tv and so she they it was like tons of tweets about it and i don't know i've never watched big brother i don't know what okay the other fascinating thing about that because they have the live feed you can watch 24 7 that almost gives a sliver more power back to the reality people because then their friends can watch and see what's happening versus again in these like ridiculously lopsided contracts that you sign for most other shows you explicitly sign away the right to an accurate portrayal of yourself that's so so, wild right so like that might have not have ever come to the surface if the production company had the entire ability to shape the narrative right it almost makes sense to me that that happened on that way yeah Yeah. that's so interesting because you see people which I think kind of gets into something we talk about a lot of it's not trash TV. Like reality, it is entertainment. It's recycling it's, TV. No. It's, <laughs> it's TV for good. And it's a mirror, whether we like it or not, of yeah. every of our society, of what we do, of what we like, of what's going on. Yeah. And I think as you got into roles, you know, and stars and performers of like, that's always people's defense is that yeah. I was portrayed incorrectly. You know, yeah. I the editing was bad. But it's interesting if that was part of most contracts it seems or not but yeah, yeah that's I think just so crazy the other component that goes into this is 
a lot of times these shows are looking for people who are kind of like in this yellow zone. This is Mm -hmm. what a person I interviewed for the project who has been on a show described to me. But basically they're looking for people who pass their like general psychological screening Mm -hmm. test. Mm -hmm. But also are not like a total green flag. Like they don't want you to be 100% mentally right. healthy. Who wants to watch that? Be good to yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so then it's like they're finding these people where they can kind of get away with putting them on TV and then portraying them however they want. And it just seems so exploitative. Yeah. 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 Well, we've talked to you about how it's so exploitative to everyone that's on a reality TV show, but it's almost always women the shows that are mostly black women or women of color like and the things people say about them and kind of the trap you get into of like Real Housewives you a lot of them their relationships end and the breadwinner is not there and they have to stay on these shows and keep shelling their like jewelry companies (laughs) and (laughs) keep like having these like absurd plot points to stay in their job to stay employed and it's so when you think about it that way it's sad I mean, this is not a new idea, but like we would not be letting this happen if this were not a genre that is heavily watched by women and stars, not only women, specifically black women are kind of the backbone of the industry and then also have like specifically complex women characters. Like this just wouldn't be happening if it were a different genre. And so I think that is just so much of the problem and it pains me so much when people dismiss it as like trash tv one if you care about labor and workers rights like you should care about every worker it shouldn't matter if it's a part of a tv show that you don't like right okay i don't really like family feud i still think steve harvey should get paid right i mean yeah we've talked about reality tv participants being employees but i feel like reading your work was like yeah obviously it's nonstop. the thing that was really nuts to me about doing this research is that it's actually not even a really complicated question. Mm -hmm. When I looked at the two most prevalent tests for what determines if you're an employee or an independent contractor, under both of them, reality TV workers are like pretty clearly employees. So I think it that just speaks even more to the fact of that we've devalued this industry because of who's in it and who watches it. Mm -hmm. I think If you compare it to sports, which obviously the demographics of who watched that is a little bit different. It's more male dominated. Um, Women's sports have not gotten the like coverage that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you compare it to sports, like no one would say these athletes shouldn't get paid. They're just this is an opportunity for them to go hit a ball on a field like that. It just wouldn't fly. And the fact that it does fly in reality TV is so gendered and misogynistic to me. Yes. So gendered. Yeah. The other thing I think is like it's also very representative of how in employment law, like we're always so slow to make things better for workers. Mm -hmm. So right now, if you think about it, the fact that these workers are all being misclassified, who does that benefit? The employer, the production company, right? Like they're the ones who are making even more money. And so obviously it's getting, it's slow to make change. And I think that we just need to fix employment law so that it's not always the worker who has to kind of wait like 30 years for their industry to now be recognized as work Mm -hmm. um, in order to get their, their due. Yeah. 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 And I guess speaking on that, you know, we talked a little bit about specifically Kelly's case, but did anyone you talked to like have other kind of forces of action or routes that they could take with all these barriers of yeah. the NDAs, the forced arbitration? Were there people that were able to kind of break through and get some sense or not really? It's pretty 
No. Not really. Mm. Um, I wish I had a better answer. Although I will, like, what was interesting to me is one of the first questions I asked everyone I talked to was, like, did you think of when you were going on the show as work? Like, how mm-hmm. did you think about it? And except for one person, they all said no. Mm. And I think that just goes to, like, how heavily ingrained this is in our society that this isn't work, that this could not be work. It has to just be like an opportunity, a fun thing, a trivial thing, because it's like a feminized thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was really interesting to me. None of them had really pursued any like avenues for change. But I will say one thing that was really interesting in the Survivor episodes where there were multiple times where people mentioned, well, how would you think about this if you were an employee and this was your employer, right? Like Mm -hmm. there were like, Grasping. They're so They're close. So close. You're right. They're You're so, so close. You're so just say it. It's just, right there. Ooh, You're... And it was just really sad because Kelly was such a fantastic player. Like <sighs> she is everything that I think the current Survivor fan base wants. Like she's mm-hmm. so strategic. She's so smart. She had just pulled off like a really cool move with a mm-hmm. hidden immunity idol like the episode before. And then not only was she brought down by this, like she went head to head with Dan. And so then, of course, she gets knocked out. But also Janet, mm-hmm. who was this, like, beautiful woman who everyone loved. I loved Janet. Tr- yeah. Tried to do the right thing and then was almost knocked out because right. of it. The only reason she stayed in that week was because she had an, an idol mm-hmm. that she played. And so her game was destroyed by it, too. And then we also saw Jamal, mm-hmm. who in the episode before had— Clearly, like, he's clearly thought about these issues. Would I say that I agreed with everything he said in the episode before on, like, sexism and right. sexual assault? No. But on this episode, like, he really spoke up, and I thought he called out the other men really, really well mm-hmm. and really effectively, and he was sent home. Yeah. So it's like, okay, who do we have left? Right. We have Dan and the people who supported Dan. Right. That's the cost and that's of just, speaking that's up. it. Right. That just it's sums so it right up. That's literally— It's so sad. Thanks so much, Hannah. Any final reality TV parting thoughts? I just think, like, we should care about everyone who is a worker and is contributing in that way. And I think that we're really doing a disservice to the people who go on shows. But I also want people to remember that the way that we treat the people who go on reality shows also spreads, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, there have been a lot of studies about how if you treat one class of workers better, then it lifts the playing field for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, that's a common kind of thread in union research, especially, right? Like, if it's a higher union density area, more people who are even not union in the same area are going to have higher wages because of it. And so I think, once again, I don't care if you don't care about reality TV. That is allowed. But you have to care about the people who go on reality TV and work. And even if you don't care at all, (laughs) even about them, then at least think about the fact that their conditions affect a lot of other people. And please care about something that I just named. Yeah. Just be nice. Pay people, pay women, reality TV's work. Well, we'll see you soon, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Hannah. This was so much fun. It was. Thanks for letting us turn our text thread into a podcast chat. It's my duty on this earth to do that. Absolutely. Public service. Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. We know we discussed some heavy topics, so we hope you can take care. If you want more information on the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund, on Kelly's case, um, and a lot of other stuff we mentioned today, it's all going to be in the show notes. Check it out, and we'll talk to you soon. Hearsay is a Wonder Media Network production in partnership with the National Women's Law Center. It is hosted and produced by Jessica Baskerville, Lark Lewis, and Hillary Woodward. Our producers are Taylor Williamson and Autumn Harris. 
Jenny Kaplan is our executive producer, and Maddie Foley is our editor. Production assistance by Lucy Jones and show art by Andrea Sumner. We didn't even get into the singing and the dancing. And my, the, first, oh, yeah. my first act of like civic engagement, voting for Kelly Clarkson, 8,000 same, same, actually. I, I mean, I'd voted, I, I guess. on that phone. Wait, like you couldn't vote in like an election, but you no. could vote for Kelly? I'm not going to tell you how old I was. Uh, yeah. I mean, myself. I both voted for Kelly and... Uh, I mean, Kelly and, for Prez, obviously. You know, a yeah. Country under Kelly Clarkson would be great. Would thrive. <laughs>